it's just finally asking the right people for help, making the ask and letting go and allowing for that help to come to me, allowing for others to be there for me just like I was there for others. And it's been an amazing experience and I was already happy before. I'm just like, you know, to the moon now. It's, it's been an amazing experience. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health, wellness, and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, friend, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time when everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we are all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is your host, Moira Gorski. So thrilled that you are back here today. I just love having these conversations with others. And I love that you come back to listen to them because I really hope that you continue to find value in them so that you can just live your best life if it is that you are looking to reclaim your health, your life, because you've lost yourself in the meantime. Um, perhaps you have others around you that are struggling and that's been tough on you, or perhaps you've struggled yourself with addictions, disorders, and things like that. Um, as I so say so many times, I just am so blessed in the work that I do and in my project of the podcast, um, I get connected with really pretty awesome people. And I believe I reached out to my guest today. Um, I know I reached out to her on LinkedIn because I saw her bio and I wanted to connect with her. I wanted to learn about the work that she does. And uh, I'm so glad that I did. And so Lupita V is, um, is uh, joining us today. And she's just an awesome gal. And um you know, the official words are she's a licensed psychotherapist, um, a confidence coach, a motivational speaker. She just really, again, is there to help people get past the stuff and all the crap that is blocking us so that we can really live our best lives, you know, and doesn't that sound great? I saw that and I was like, I got to connect with her and see what her jive is and uh, see if I can get some of that for myself and share that with my audience. So thank you for uh, joining me today, Lupita. I'm really thrilled you're here. No, thank you so much for having me. As you know, I listened to your podcast and um, it has been um, helpful in different ways, especially how you connect with different types of people. And just seen a, I've seen a, a recent, um, just a recent pivot within your podcast and going into a, a deeper direction, but not also not just a deeper direction, but a, but one that just seems lighter. And it seems like I don't know. It seems like you're different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really appreciative of that. I felt like I was connecting with you before, but now it seems like um, there's just this light about you. And I really, really appreciate that. And that's what I felt when we initially connected um, and just seeing a little bit of the information that you had on LinkedIn. I was like, Ooh, I want to connect with her. I want to mm -hmm. talk to her. I want to see what that's about. I want to know what Myra's about. Yeah. Um, but yes, I am a licensed psychotherapist. I'm a confidence coach. 
I do motivational speaking. I also am a DJ. There's not a lot of work right now for DJs. Uh, so I do a lot of charity events. Um, I have a really big charity event coming up soon that I'm collaborating with, um, with a charity. Yeah, and what I do is I teach people how to conquer depression and anxiety by becoming genuinely confident. And I do all of this within 90 days. And that's through coaching. Uh, through the confidence coaching and um yeah i'm just really excited to be here thank you so much for having yeah me. yeah well th- you are very welcome and thank you for those kind words and you know i know that the topic that um that i talk about on this podcast can be really it can be heavy and um and i know that i believe it's good to talk about things and sometimes things are heavy and and i'm hoping to bring as my intro says a lighthearted, you know approach to what we're supposed to do with our lives, you know, because uh, we can, and I speak from my own experience, we can get pulled down into um, our past and the things that have happened and the patterns and the things that just continue to repeat ourselves. Or we can decide that we want to get past that. And um, again, your your energy and your um, excitement for life is just something that I think is contagious. And I'm sure that the people that you work with um, just get so much value from that. Um, you know, I always start, you know, the way that we start these is uh, everybody's got a story. And so I know you have a story. Um, and I know you're an open book to share that and, uh, would welcome you to start and share your story and just how, again, the things that you've learned through life and through that story that have really brought you to, uh, what you're doing today and the passion for that. Yeah, um, I am an open book. I don't have a problem with disclosure, um, especially if I feel like it's going to help the clients. But uh, sharing my story is a way to share a message with whoever is listening, um, a message of hope that it ultimately turns into faith. I have faith in myself. I have faith in everything that I do. It's not just the, the faith that we're talking about spirituality and foundation, but it is tied into that, um, which is knowing that things are always working out for me. Um, and they're always working out for you. You know, they're always working out for everyone. We, it's just whether or not we want to choose to um, use that perspective in our lives to be able to bring in more or attract more of that positivity or good feelingness, right? So my um, story basically is, so as at a young age, I experienced, um, I was raped, I was molested, I experienced uh, domestic violence or uh, physical abuse to busted lips, black eyes, and broken bones, and I experienced homelessness as a teenager. I wouldn't call myself a runaway because my parents didn't look for me. Um, And then later on in life, I had that cycle perpetuate again as an adult, only with a child, living in my car um, after a domestic violence situation, and that was um, with someone that had a problem with drinking. And then later on, during the COVID season, as you may know, um, I experienced homelessness again. My coaching, after right after grad school, I decided to fall 
headfirst into my business as a coach. I was doing fairly well, but COVID changed all of that. And my son and I landed to be homeless for about a little under five months. We are no longer homeless um, and my business is thriving again. I have taken other measures that have to do with wealth and um, unblocking those things that I didn't recognize that had to do with my self-esteem and my upbringing having to do with wealth. And that is, that's something that I've added into my program as well. Um, everyone that I've worked with has made tremendous gains, but uh, one reason why I fell into that, um, into the homelessness during COVID was because I had decided to work with a lot of people for free that really needed the help, that were in very desperate times having to do with depression and anxiety to where they were experiencing panic attacks and um, just crying spells. They weren't able to even get out of their bedroom, get out of bed and things like that. And um, I'm a very giving person and really believe in the work that I do and believe that um, the money will find me. Only it didn't find me in the ways that I would have hoped, right? Um, but now because of that work that I did, it has provided me with a different perspective and I have learned so much during that experience with having to do with wealth, having to do with generational wealth, having to do with um, asking for help. That is one of the biggest things that I've learned, which ties into codependency. That often is, it often has to do with you are the helper and you're not used to asking for help. And that is usually the most difficult thing that anyone can do, especially when they are going through mental health challenges, is asking for help. You're afraid of how you're going to be viewed. You're afraid of what people are going to say about you. And just that inner dialogue that plays in, like they're going to say, no, no, don't ask. And just every, just all of those, that, that, right, that rat race in your brain that is just uh, uh, just a circle of negative thoughts and negative self-talk having to do with help. And, um, and it has to do with, with our childhood of asking for help when we were a child and constantly getting no's because we were asking for, we're asking for help from the wrong people. And then later in life, that's what happens. We just learn like, no, I'm just going to do everything myself. And, and because, and it has to do with control as well. Want to be in control. We want to, want to, um, there's <laughs> really, if we let go, it brings on these feelings of uncertainty. And then, and then what happens, you know? And so th this is where I am now. I let go and I accepted those feelings of uncertainty. And I'm so happy that I did it. I'm so, I, I was even happy when I was homeless that yes, there were very difficult, challenging times. But because I did all of the work on myself with just building my self-esteem and building my confidence and knowing that I know I have what it takes. I am the best at what I do. I freaking love what I do. Um, it's just finally asking the right people for help, making the ask and letting go and allowing for that help to come to me, allowing for others to be there for me just 
like I was there for others. And it's been an amazing experience. And I was already happy before. I'm just like, you know, to the moon now. It's, it's been an amazing experience. And it's just so, again, I think it's so inspirational, certainly for me, and I'm sure the people listening, you know, to, to have to just listen to what you said. And the fact that that that's not good stuff. You know, that is, there's a lot of things that have happened to you in the past and of late. And you are sitting here with a smile on your face, looking beautiful, sounding beautiful. I mean, because you, because you've done those things that I know for myself, they're hard to do. You know, I learned as I've been doing, um, I mean, I was raised by a, a very, you know, one very wonderful parents. My mother, very strong, stoic woman. We didn't really talk about the difficult things. You know, we had a strong faith. We were raised in the church and we just did what we're supposed to do. And we just went through life and didn't talk about, you know, and, and I found, and that's when my struggle, you know, as I left home and went on to college and then I was having struggles around me, I didn't really know how to ask for help. And I didn't know even how to ask my parents for help because I felt like, well, we don't talk about that stuff. Like that's a negative, right? And so I don't want to go to my parents with the negative because they might throw some judgment my way or, and so you just, I just learned I mean, I did actually get some help, of course, if you've heard my story, you know, is that I got some help in college and afterwards. And, um, but, you know, fast forward to today, you know, I learned many years ago, as I was doing some work with myself on myself, that that was a big thing. It was like a big, and again, the people that have listened to all of the episodes, they've heard me say this before, there was a, um, a course, a weekend, whatever you want to call it, that I went to, and that we did diff- different type of activities and interaction and stuff. And there was one that we were doing, and we had to do something in amongst the group, but by ourselves. And it was so emotional. There was just so many things happening that weekend that I just was really emotionally, you know, kind of a little unsteady, but that's what the point, right? To get really to the deep things. Yeah. And um, I got to this point where I had to do this on my own. And I couldn't, I mean, I literally could not move forward, like physically move forward. And I will never forget the day I turned to the gal next to me who I was getting to know in this program. And I said, would you help me? I can't do this. And she said, of course, she took my hand. We walked through. I mean, it was an epiphany. I was like, that's it. I mean, I still get chills talking about it. It's, it's like, that's it. I don't ask for help because at least I know for me and maybe, I mean, you said that, you know, so many people said no to you you were asking the wrong people. But I had this view of asking for help that there was, that I was incapable then Mm. and I was not doing well. And so I had asked for help and yes, there's sometimes that there's a big, it's tough and I need your help, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there's sometimes that help is just like, can we go for a cup of coffee? Or, you know, when I'm having a rough time, can you meet me at the park? I just like to go for a walk with someone, you know? Or let's go to see a movie if we can ever go see a movie in the theater, you know? <laughs> um, but asking for help, like now I shifted it to so support. You know, I need a little bit of support today. And maybe it's a, just a chat. Or maybe it is um, it is that big ask. Like, you know what? I really need some help. And it's really hard for me to ask. But I need your help with this. So, um Again, I think that so many people, 
they stay stuck because they're not just that simple thing of asking for help or maybe changing, changing the way they ask, you know, um, is what keeps them, you know, keeps them stuck there. Yeah, I really want to say something about the course that you went through. So imagine if you would have called your mom and asked her for the help that you needed within that course, instead of asking for the woman next to you. And that's the, that's the mistake that we make. We are asking the wrong people for the wrong things. Like, can your mom be helpful? Absolutely. But perhaps it's recognizing and being self-aware of what it is that she can be helpful with. Perhaps that wasn't the thing she might be helpful for. You know what I'm saying? That woman obviously was the perfect person to ask for that. And although it was difficult for you, you did it anyway. And that, that's, what, that's, what, um, that's what it's about when you're letting go of, of codependency. Uh, and it's, it's about, I'm scared to let go, but I'm going to do this anyway. Because I know, I know it's important because I, I need this for me. Because it's about me. And we have this, even as women, right, we've, we've talked about this before. There's this, um, like, the, all of these subliminal messages and just society expects us to have it all together all of the time to just present with, like, always, you know, as a mom, always having the answers and always knowing what to do. I tell my son all the time, you know, most of the time, I don't really know what to do. I'm just choosing the best option. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that you think I have all the answers, but I don't. Sometimes you're better at stuff than I am. Um, and it's just really recognizing that. It's really recognizing that, um, that, we, that, that we're human and we have flaws. There are shortcomings and they're not really about shortcomings. It's about focusing on strengths and how do we move on from there using that as a certainty. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know that I'm really good at baking. So if I got laid off, could I probably make money from baking? I don't know. I'm really good at it. So that, and then that can, you know, um, create a ripple effect into other things and, you know, in their lives, but it's just, really reading into it and trusting that you have something to offer. You have something that is really powerful, something so unique, something, a gift, a message, and you can only give it out. You can only share it through this specific strength, right? And, and, and the only way that you can share this message is if you are focusing on yourself first. And so if you're really good at baking and you love it and it makes you feel good, why not? Why not share it in that way? You know, so that's, that's a, the work that I do is about um, just really focusing on what makes you feel good and then going from there. Uh, and if if you're in a place where you're not feeling good, then maybe it's not the best place for you to be at the moment. And of course it has to do with growth too, right? Growth is not always gonna feel comfortable. It's not always going to feel good. But if you're self-aware and you know that you have to do it in order to get 
to that better feeling place. Because if you're feeling good and you want to feel better, you know you're going to have to grow. And feeling good, uh, someone that I follow um, and I look up to, Marissa Peer, uh, she's uh, a therapist and she believes that uh, growth happens during expansion, not retraction. So if you're afraid and you're being fearful, that is not going to be the best place for you to operate from. It's going to be when you are feeling good during uh, a, an expansion phase. And the only time that you're in expansion is when you're doing something that feels really good. You know, dancing, um, singing, even if it's in the shower, or baking, or um, crafting, whatever it is. You know, I, I'm, I, I can go on for hours. Yeah, yeah. But I think, again, I, I think it's, I mean, again, I think it's all great stuff that you talk about. And I want to just specifically, because you mentioned codependency a couple of times, and that's really uh, what I wanted a bit of the focus to be on today. Because, again, I saw that in your bio, and I'm like, oh, I want to talk to her because again, half the reason why I do the podcast is for me. And I've got some issues with codependency. And I want to learn more about that, because I want to continue to be, be a better version of me. And, you know, about this whole, like, again, taking care of, you know, taking care of others, uh, being because I'm a mom, or you're a mom, or, um, or, you've had to because um, of some trauma in your past or a divorce. I've talked with people that, you know, they had to become, they had to step in and help out at home because their dad left or their mom left or you, no one came to look for you or whatever. The thing is, you know, you're asking, you're taking care of everybody else. And again, you kind of forget about yourself. And again, I want to talk about that codependency because I was taking a walk with some girlfriends the other day and we were talking about it. And one of the gals just had a hard time kind of understanding it. And it's like, because somebody had reached out to her and she goes like two hours later, I got off the phone and she goes, why are these people calling me? Why are they dumping all this stuff on? Why? You know, it's like, cause you're trying to take care of everybody else, but you gotta take care of yourself. And again, when we say take care some people are like, Oh, well, I gotta go take a bath or I have to go take a yoke. But sometimes it's, it's about boundaries about setting that say, Hey, you know, cause we were saying to her, how about, like you said, you know, this is, I'm sorry you're going through this, but this is not a good time for me because I got this going on at work and I'd love to help and support you, but now's not a good time. And who's that about? That's about her, right? And setting that boundary and protecting her. And yeah. so again, I just know that there's so much codependency that goes on when you have people that um, are dealing with addictions or you have somebody that's taking care of somebody that has these addictions and things. And so I just like to talk about that again, the codependency so that people can kind of understand it. Maybe you can start with a, a bit of a definition so that people can really understand that because sometimes people may not know, like listening, they're like, they don't realize that this behavior is a codependent behavior. And then we can talk about like, what do we do about it? Right. Mm -hmm. What are some steps that we can all take to, um, again, stick up for ourselves and put ourselves first so that we are, you know, strong women, men, if there's anybody, men listening to my podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. codependency is basically, I mean, it can look different for everyone, right? But in the general sense, codependency is basically when you're relying on another, another person for some type of 
how do I want to say it? Some type of emotion, some type of uh, pleasure, some type of quote unquote happiness, anything like that. Instead of looking within to be able to provide yourself with that. And with codependency or people that are codependent, the question that I like to ask sometimes is what happens if you're no longer needed? What do you do then? What happens when the addict finally finds a way to um, cope with their struggles, with their mental health challenges in a, a healthy way, in a different way, and they no longer need you? then what are you gonna do? Then, then what happens then? Then you have to find other things to feel happy about or to fill in that void of feeling needed. Either you find, you know, not you of course, but a person can find other things or other people to feel needed by to fill in that void or essentially what they'll have to do is work on their codependency and learn how to fill in that void on their own. That's what, that's what it's about. Like, it's this subconscious connection of it makes me feel good when I'm needed, but it totally consumes my life at the same time. And although I can't focus on myself, but it comes back to like societal pressures and cultural um, factors and things like that, where maybe it's not acceptable to focus on yourself. And so we're now entering this new phase within society where um, it's important to look after yourself. It's important to do things uh, for yourself, uh, to be able to fill that void on your own. And it was never, it's, it was never a void. It was just the actions of the adults around us when we were children that made us think that we had these voids. And perhaps this could have been learned behavior from other adults around us as children. We learned maybe as other, you know, looking at other women, this is how women take care of their children. This is how women or girls take care of their brothers and sisters. This is how women act as wives. And so we're just doing what we think we're supposed to be doing, but it still doesn't make us feel good. And so we continue to have this void and think that we have to fill it with something or I have to do these things because this is what is expected of me. And so can't codependency or letting go of codependency can have to do with that as well. Like letting go of those pressures of what we grew up with and finally fulfilling um, or answering our callings and things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, well, it does make sense for me and I hope it m makes sense for the listeners. Um, I like to, you know, say that there are these, like you spoke to it, like there are these multi-generational patterns and behaviors that happen that, again, as I did the work on myself and I looked at um, my mother and my upbringing, and again, a wonderful woman who did so much. And as we looked at it, was there something, like there's nothing wrong with that, but was she, and I know, again, her, her upbringing, she was kind of put in a position in her like teenage years that she had to do more at home because my uh, grandfather decided to buy a farm. And so they moved out to the farm and my grandmother had to go to work. So all of a sudden she had to step into this role of being more of an adult, maybe a little sooner. So again, wow. we could say, well, she just does everything, but 
perhaps that was something that she was kind of forced into. And maybe my grandmother had the same thing. So I think some, I love when you can do work with people and we can do the work ourselves with the assistance of someone to start to look at that, to look at that. Yes, there was this. I even learned that when I was like, well, my mom's so judgmental. And, and it's like, but someone said, but are you judgmental of your daughter? You know, do you judge her when she isn't recovering or when she isn't doing this or some of your children or your other children? And I'm like, and I'm like, well, I guess sometimes. And she's like, well, why do you do that? I'm like, well, I just care about them. I want the best for them. And it stopped me in my tracks. She said, could that be what your mother was doing? I mean, it's like, wow. So again, sometimes I think we have to look at things with different eyes to look at that. Well, maybe that's, again, those multi-generational type of things um, and saying, well, that was the pattern. And I love what you said in the beginning, like, but where are the strengths? You know, there are so many strengths here with, again, with my mother and her, what she taught me. So let's work on those strengths for me. Then how can I move forward with those strengths as opposed to looking at as a negative? Um, But again, we're just so, like you said, society would just like, it's got to take care of everything and, and all that instead of really saying, you know what, it's really important to me to take care of me first. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that oxygen, you know, I heard it so many times and I say it so many times, it's the oxygen mask on first so that you can take care of others and being a bit selfish about yourself um, and what you need. And again, not giving into the, the other that again moves you into that codependent kind of behavior right. um, type of things. I'd like to take that um, analogy of the oxygen mask. I'd like to take it a step further. I love doing this with people where being codependent, it's if the plane had crashed and it crashed into the ocean and now everyone is drowning and you're closest to either your family member or the person that is experiencing the addiction, right? And you're, you're in the middle of the lifeboat that has life jackets and closest to the person that is experiencing the addiction. You can only choose one. You have enough time to get to the lifeboat and bring people on, but you're not confident. You're afraid that you're not gonna make it. So you get close to these people that need your help and what do they do? They bring you under, not because they hate you, not because they don't care about you, but because they're just simply trying to live. They push you under. And so what your job is to get to the lifeboat first, put on your life jacket, then go back and save them because you will be useless, dead. You will be useless drowning because after they pull you under, they're going to continue to drown. Then what? So our responsibility is to get to the lifeboat first put on your life jacket, know that you can do it, and then go and save them. Because the whole like put your life mask on, it's just, it doesn't provide that imagery, you know, like of drowning, because that's what it feels like when you're not taking care of yourself and you don't know what to do and you're afraid to ask for help. That's what it feels like. And that lifeboat could be that the right person to ask for help. Yeah, that's so, so good. I love that. I'm glad you shared that. 
So good because another thing that that person that's drowning sees is that it sees a strong person that's going to take care of themselves first. And you're showing that um, you're showing that example to that person. Now you still may not be able to save them. Right. But you're show that example that you're showing. um, Cause I talk with others about one step in this whole, you know, juggling the chaos of someone who's struggling in front of you is to get off of the roller coaster. And I've had people say, well, I don't think I can do that. I mean, I have to take care of my child. It's like, yeah, but you know what? It's their ride. Mm-hmm. You need to get off. And it doesn't mean when you get off of the roller coaster that you abandon them altogether, right? When you go to that, when you get off of the roller coaster, you're not being so sucked into that, you know, mm-hmm. the ups and downs and all of that. Um, you're on your own ride of life, but mm-hmm. you're there showing that other person that this, like you can, and I try to say this too, when we talk to parents, you know, that have just regular kids or whatever, not like major struggles, but just kids in general, like you as parents putting on that, you know, getting off the roller coaster, being strong, they're bumping up against you. You know, you're kind of being used at that bumper to say, Oh, okay. That's the example. That's what I'm supposed to do. Not that they're always going to, you know, but you've got to be that strong person and put that example out there so that person can see that and see what it's like to take care of yourself instead of, like you said, going to them first. And what are they going to do? They're going to pull you under. That's not, that ain't good, right? (laughs) That's not helpful to either of you, especially if they don't know how to swim. Then if you go under, what what are they going to do without you? Mm-hmm. Right. instead of having you as an example um and I, having I, that i think having that choice like having that example that's their choice too even when you go with your life jacket mm-hmm. they still have a choice are they going to hold on are they going to listen to you are they going to take your strengths and let that help them maybe mm-hmm. maybe not but yeah. that's still their choice and where are you left you're left strong you know resilient and all that but it's still and that's a tough thing that I've continued to learn is that it's their choice what they yes. decide to do. Yes. Oh, that's so, yeah, that's so powerful. Absolutely. We forget that. We forget that as parents or even just, just as people being supportive of other people um, that have struggles, it doesn't necessarily have to do with addictions. I mean, um, anything can pass for an addiction and addiction to Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's just about recognizing that it's their choice and you really, it doesn't, yeah, you might have some influence, but ultimately at the end of the day, they're still going to do what they want to do. You can't do anything about that. Yeah. And I think also one thing that just really struck me when you were talking earlier was about um, that feeling of uncertainty. Mm. And I have a difficult time with that myself, you know, and it's that control. And again, addictions, eating disorders, they're just, they, there is a, this part in there of control. Like you want to, you're, I know for myself, when I started to struggle, it was like, I felt out of control in my life with, you know, college with, you know, the guy that I was dating and my friends wanted to, you know, drink and party. And I didn't, you know, it's like all these pressures. So I grabbed onto something I could control. And many times that's, it's very common in addictions and eating disorders, Mm -hmm. but having that faith 
and that, you know, I, I know people can't see you, but you just, you kind of did this whole, like, you know, just being free and letting go. And um, it's, it's hard, right? It's hard to sit in that, that place of uncertainty. Yes. And feel like we're going to be okay. Yes. Yeah. And especially when you're trying to, and I'm, you know, maybe you can speak to this when you're trying to change that narrative, when you're coaching people to say, let's figure out how to do this differently. I mean, do you run into people that are like, wait a minute, that sounds so foreign. It doesn't feel right. It's so uncertain that what's the future going to look like? You know, I don't want to do it. You know, how do you help people kind of get, feel okay in that uncertainty? Yeah. So that's, basically through motivation and encouragement and them being accepting of the fact that I'm going to push them in a different direction because what they have been doing for so long has not been working. It's been blocking them from getting to where they want to go. And so this motivation and encouragement, it's not like, come on, what are you doing? Get up, you gotta do this. Don't you want this hot bench? It's nothing like that. It's more like, come on, you've been through tougher times, admit it. This isn't the worst that you've ever experienced. And you got through that too. You are amazing. You've done this, you've done that, and you continue to do this. And you're, you're an amazing parent or, and you continue to show up to work. It, it, it's, it's about really focusing on those strengths and reinforcing the encouragement that we didn't have growing up. We didn't have someone repeating to us or encouraging us on a constant, you know, constantly. And so we, become these adults having never felt that. And even when we get that, like when, when I first start working with my clients that way, that this is so foreign to them, they don't believe me. They don't believe that I truly feel that way about them. They don't, they don't believe in themselves. They have no confidence. And I tell them, that's okay. You don't have to believe in yourself. I do. I believe in you. And that's okay. You don't have to feel confident right now. If you need to, you can borrow some of mine. I have enough. My cup runneth over because I always take care of myself. I try my best to take care of myself. So I have enough to go around. But I am not going to give up on you just the way other people have. But this is going to be an example of a healthy relationship as well, where I have boundaries. They're clear. And moving forward, you are going to be able to reach out to me for help. And if I can, I will say yes. And if I can't, I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you when I can. But I will always praise you and give you the encouragement that you need for all of these steps that you're taking. And that, that's, what, that's what this is about. It's about like just really allowing for someone to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself, when you're so tired and just so defeated. And this is the, the ultimate ask. Like, if I don't do it with this, then I know I won't be able to make it. And it's a person believing in you and reminding you. And, and this is what we get from, from faith too, right? Um, I believe in God. I believe 
in the universe and things like that. And I do believe that, that God always provides and the universe will always provide this higher power um, that I believe in will always provide, but I have to practice patience. I have to practice sitting in that uncertainty just for a little bit and not acting or reacting, taking the time and being thoughtful to respond instead of quickly reacting because I'm so nervous and I'm so anxious and I'm so um, afraid of what the outside world is going to, to say. So just really allowing yourself to be in this place of, of letting go and letting someone believe in you. Mm -hmm. And then taking that as an example of like, whoa, why does she believe in me? And she doesn't seem like a liar. So why would she do that? Maybe let me just go with it. Let me see what happens. Oh my gosh, this Lupita, this happened last week. Like, oh my, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for you. I cannot wait to see what else happens. You know, and, and they start to test it and they start to see like, okay, Maybe if I believe in myself about this thing, this might happen. And it just creates this ripple effect of belief within themselves. Uh, and, but it all, we have to have that conversation of where did this disbelief of yourself come from? It came from the people around you because when we're born, when we're children, we are born just as pure. We, we don't, we come as a blank slate and the slate is of happiness. You know, you see children before they're, you know, um, just filled with these negative thoughts of the adults around them. And it doesn't even have to be negative in order for them to be impacted negatively, but we're just born pure and happy and just beautiful until the outside world does something to us to make us think otherwise about ourselves. And then we go out into the world as adults and we have this mentality, this mindset that needs to be changed. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's practiced, it's practiced year after year after year. And so what we do together is practice something new. I don't, I don't focus on getting rid of those old thought patterns. That's way too hard. It's not impossible, but it's way easier. Why not do the things that are easier, right? It's way easier to create something new as opposed to get rid of something old and just being aware of like, no, that's my old brain. That's my old, that's the brain making, you know, connections to an old thought pattern. Let me go this way instead. Let me pivot. Right. And, and then that's where we get to, you know, feeling different, but it does take some, it does take some time. Well, yeah. And what I feel, what I hear you saying is that it's, you know, you provide a safe space Absolutely. for people to come to, to be who they are, you know, yeah. bring their baggage and all. Yes. And, um, and you're, there's going to be no shame, blame or guilt. It's Absolutely. just like, okay, this is the things, this is it. This is it. And, and I just love that, you know, I'm going to believe in you before you can believe in yourself. I've done that in my coaching business with my wellness business. Um, you know, I've had that done with me as I started and I started to try to, you know, see what I could do to help other people. And, and people said, Oh, you could just grow a business with that. Cause you're so great at helping others. And now you're doing natural health. Like, I'm like, I don't think so, but <laughs> you know, but again, I hooked up with some people. I hooked my, um, sale or whatever they say on, uh, 
some others and, uh, and did that. And they said, that's okay. I got enough faith for all of us. Or, and I say that to my kids, you know, I got enough faith for all of us. It's okay. If you don't believe um, I say that to my team, it's okay if you don't, but I'm living proof that if you stick with it, and again, I think you're a wonderful example. You're living proof that you can have hardships and you can still show up okay. You know, you can still make it in this life and it takes some work. It takes some work and find a place that you can feel safe. And some, and I think that's really important when people are looking for, you know, a therapist to help them or somebody to support them. Really getting, I, talk, I listened to a podcast the other day that someone said, yeah, they interviewed like five or six therapists and finally found one that they could really trust. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people are, are used to that. They're like trying to go to, they go to one therapist and they just stick with them or whatever. But I think you have to find somebody that you can really trust. You can really feel like you can be open with and, um, and that you can let them help you, you know, so that you can, um, again, feel motivated to have, to really step into that, that life of, that feels a little uncertain. But um, if we don't, if we don't, if nothing changes, nothing changes, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Therapy is definitely different from the coaching that I do, but I always try to provide that, that safe space. And also um, there is another level of um, another layer. Like I don't mind disclosure within therapy sessions because the last thing you want to feel when you are working with a therapist is um, I've been there. I I have my own therapist. I've had my own therapy and things like that. And it's so difficult to share your deepest, darkest secrets or your most difficult, difficult times with someone and not having a little bit of that reciprocity and leaving that room so cold, like, okay, well, thank you for sharing that. You're very, courageous and bold for doing that that that's our time for today and it's just like man like I can't even get a hug like can, I, can someone like can I just get like just, can you give me like something you know right um that was really hard for me and so it's about um really providing that safe space and and giving a little bit of reciprocity to that that is going to be helpful to the client and making sure that every time they leave the room if they are experiencing growth, they feel nurtured within that environment um, to feel safe again, and and to feel like you know um, I want to I want to you know take what I have gained from this experience, go out into the world and see what I can do with that, and I can't wait to come back and share that as well, and see how I can further my growth within that um, experience. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I try to provide. And I only work with other therapists that are about that mindset as well with really understanding people from where they're coming from and, and how difficult sometimes getting therapy is. It's, it's, it's asking for help, you know, and often as therapists, we are, <laughs> we are the last resort. So we have to make sure to provide that safe space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I see you've got lots of books behind you. Again, yes. people can't see that. But do you have um, do you have any kind of go to books that you always kind of either go back to or that really have made a big difference in in your life and 
um, how you're showing up? Yeah, definitely. So when I work with families or even just understanding my own relationship with my son um, or I'm dating, so I like to keep just fresh perspective. I like to keep uh, the book, The Five Love Languages handy just to really understand the perspective of others. There's one that has been so, just so amazing to my growth and just so powerful. And the name of the book is, um, I wanna say it right. Uh, Let me see. Um, Love yourself like your life depends on it. And it is a super short book. It gets right to the point. I forget the author, but he just gets right to the point. The book is probably less than 60 pages. Each chapter is maybe like less than four or five pages at the most. And it's just super concise, right to the point. And he just talks about how he was in the in in depression and just like in a really dark state and what he wanted to change after that and even even talks about how he attracts happiness and and things like that just by using um his understanding of how the world around him works and he was a very wealthy and successful person but it wasn't fulfilling to him so he was trying to and even after the wealth and and success he was just he was um depressed and just filled with anxiety and, and it was hard for him to leave his apartment and things like that. And so um, it was just understanding the world around him, how to make connections, um, making connections with your brain and understanding patterns, things like that is just super, super simple. I highly recommend that to anyone. I absolutely love that book. And also The Four Agreements, that has worked wonders and I, I, I have my clients read that as well um, throughout different phases in our our, um, coaching program. So those three books are extremely helpful with just understanding yourself and understanding others as well and just becoming more aware of how you can um, attract happiness, more happiness into your life. Yeah, I love the... uh... I haven't gotten all the way through the four agreements, but it's it's uh, something that I picked up recently because I seem to, you know, when I do these interviews, different books kind of repeat themselves. I'm like, that one kept repeating itself. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to pick that one up. But um, um, I'm glad that you brought it up again because I'll go back to that. But I like that as we look at boundary work and as we look at um, just wrapping this up today, you know, that's what I've learned a lot in those courses that I've taken is those agreements that we make with others. And sometimes that's the boundaries and it's the agreements and the, I don't know, we could talk a lot more about that. Um, (laughs) But um, again, I learned a lot about that, even with just making an appointment with someone, you know, like we've made an agreement to meet here today at 1130. And when I don't show up or I don't show up in the right way, you know, it's like, I'm not honoring that agreement. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even being late to things or whatever. It's just really some, some learning that I've done. And I really liked the way that, um, I like that word, the agreements, because sometimes I don't think we think about that, that we're just making an agreement and we're asking, I'm asking you to agree with me to show up. And um, anyway, that's that's a discussion for another day, Lupita. <laughs> so, um, but how can people get a hold of you? Because um, I know that some people are gonna, they always like to connect with my guests and um, how can they find find you and where you are and in case they want to just reach out and perhaps work with you. 
Yeah, they can find me on any social media platform at Lupita V Coaching. So that's L as in love, U, P as in Paul, I, T as in Tom, A, the letter V as in victory, the word coaching, C as in cat, O, A, C, H, I, N, G. Um, on any social media platform. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, um, also lupitavcoaching at gmail.com if they want to email me anything directly. I am here to serve in any way that I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And that's, uh, we'll put that on the, on the show notes so you can see that um, as well and get connected with you. And again, thankful that you're on those platforms because that's how I found, um, found you. And uh, again, I encourage you, if you hear something, heard something today that, you know, really resonated with you, um, reach out because again, it's okay to ask for help. And sometimes we need a little assistance from someone else who's been there and gone before us that can really um, put that belief in us before we really believe in ourselves. And, um, again, have the attitude that you have that really life is worth living and, and to be happy and to not be in this pit of despair that um, life is worth um, really, really living and enjoying. Um, any last words that you'd like to share with the audience at all before yeah. we wrap this up? Yes. To anyone who is listening, if you ever doubted your worthiness, your worth, I'm here to remind you that you have always been enough. You were before, you are now, and you always will be. You have always been enough. Yeah, that's great. Not much more that we need to say after that. Um, So thanks for being here, for being my guest, for connecting with me so that um, I could um, come into your world and you could come into mine. It's just truly been a blessing. And I know that uh, many are... Um, blessed by what uh, you shared today. So, and again, to my audience, thank you for coming back again. I'm here with Lupita saying that again, what you're doing is enough and, uh, and you are worth it and take the time, be courageous and brave to get the help that you need um, because, um, because it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. And when we don't ask for help, Well, when we do ask for help, we can stand in our own power. We can stand in our power and we can be the leader of our own lives. So that's my message today as we end this is just, again, get some help that you need so that you can really be the best that you can be in your life. So again, thanks for listening and um, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, please leave me a five-star review. Share this podcast with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button. Come on over to Facebook too. We have a great Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast tribe group, and we'd love to welcome you there. Now, do you have a story to share or know someone that does? Please connect with me. You'll find the link in the show notes, and I'd love to hear from you, hear your story, and feature you on one of the upcoming podcast episodes. And perhaps you are ready to find your way back to you. You'd like to reclaim your health in your life. Send me an email, connect with me, simply moira at gorskywellness.com or jump over to Instagram and connect with me there as Green Gorski or you can also find me on Facebook. I'll connect with you and just show you some simple steps and show you a way to reclaim your life and your health today. Thanks for listening. Until next time.